So let's everybody warm up, get to it. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Seeker. Season 1 is the Book of James. We decided to kick off this podcast with the Book of James because no matter what your background or what your experience is with uh, Christianity or the Bible, um, this is a very accessible way to understand what it means to be a Christian. (laughs) Here with your surplus of coffee beans. Shit, I, I walked right in. You rich people, weep and wail. Where's my coffee? <laughs> Gold and silver corroded. But we're we gonna pull out a Haggai. You're really arming up. I just I had cocked a, the gun. I had a reference from Revelation to Zechariah. Oh, but it didn't fit with the discussion. The so white I'm horse. Just leave it there. Riding on the <laughs> okay. white horse. Let it lie. Good try. Good try. <laughs> you know I love me some minor prophets. <laughs> So then he pivots here, though, in verse 7, where it says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. Do you know why he's pivoting? Because he's writing to the poor people. He's writing to the oppressed people. Right. He's telling them. Right. That's on God's terms. That, that the Lord of the armies of heaven is going to take care of that situation. Right. Well, then verse 8, again, goes back to the same, be patient. He says it twice, verse 7 and verse 8. Be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. It does sound kind of, have that revelation slant like you're talking about, Julian. (laughs) For the coming of the Lord is near. Basically, the way that this comes across to me, at least, is just, you know, you're, you're in this for the race. You go in all the way, you know, you just have to be patient, going strong, and then it's going to be over, right? The Lord's going to be, you know, it's going to be the end. You know, the Lord's the Lord's near. Our lives are so short anyways. To me, it's got this slant of, like, perseverance associated with it. Be patient, be strong. Well, absolutely. He's clearly looping back to chapter 1, the very beginning of his letter, where he's talking about be pa- um, count it all joy when you go through these trials because mm-hmm. knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Exercise right. that patience. Be right. in that trial and do it. Right. You under like I told you to do it. Now you go and do it. You understand where it's coming from. You know what God's purpose is. You know that there's a plan for this. Go and be patient mm-hmm. and practice what you preach. Get that faith. Put that faith to work now. Especially that part in verse eight where it says, "Establish your hearts." You know, once again, bringing it all back to the focus on keep that faith. In your hearts, keep it strong, keep it rooted, keep it firm and grounded, and then act on it. Be patient. Don't grumble. Um, Wait on the Lord. He's going to give you strength. He's going to take care of you. He's going to give you these, you know, just like the farmer waits on on the, the rain and the crops. You have that same level of patience. You have that same level of dedication and diligence in doing what you're supposed to be doing. And let God take care of what he's going to take care of. 
So this is a really, like, uh, sort of a calming contrast to the way that he started this section, where he's, you know, bringing, like, thunder and lightning against the rich oppressors, but then he's very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Conciliatory, very uh, paternal, comforting, mm -hmm. very, he wants to secure those who need that blessing and who need that comfort. He's there for them. He's there to, to give them voice basically, like they were crying out in the Revelation throne room scene. He's giving them that, that avenue, that means by which they can, they can base their patience on. That they can have comfort in that and gain strength from that and be encouraged by that. So this is a, like a really nice contrast to the way that he starts a thought. I like that he, that he tells us you're going to get your struggle on. It's going to be tough. But do it gracefully. Like, I love that that he doesn't just do it. Because the very worldly perspective would say, if stuff is bad, like, let everybody know. But you just get through it however you can. Come out swinging. But he doesn't say that. He says, mm -hmm. you actually go through it and don't grumble. Like, be patient. Mm -hmm. Be cool. Be cool about it. Just... Just let it go. It's going to chill mode. He does. And so he this whole time he's showing it, he's teaching us conduct too, because he's like, hey, if you're rich, if you're rich, don't act all high minded. Don't don't mm -hmm. don't put people under your feet, right? Like Mitchell tossed last night, don't 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 put your foot on the necks of people, right? Just because you have <laughs> money. Don't do this. And and when things are bad and you're in the other position, you're low, dude, don't don't grumble at each other. Mm -hmm. Don't do not be impatient. Like there's there's rules of conduct no matter which end you're on. But uh, it, it is it, as as difficult as it may be. Let's say when you have some wealth or you know you've been blessed in that way to make sure that that you're giving and that your heart's in the right place. Down on the other end, it's. It's terribly hard as well. And I think that's what he's pointing out. He's like, so both ends, just watch it. You know, I want to give you guys comfort, but I want you to know you also have to act right. Like, you have to maintain Christian conduct. Even when stuff's really hard, you got to be patient and wait on me. Like, I know what I'm doing, you know. I'm building you up. Well, that goes back to what you were saying when you were talking about the community aspect. Yep, and how... Absolutely. A big part of that Christian conduct is how we act toward one another and how we help one another through those challenges and through those times. When he's ending this chapter with, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Get together. Call the elders of the church together. Confess your trespasses to one another. Be there for one another. Um, if somebody's wandering from the truth, turn him back. Help each other through this. That's why... Christ gave us the church to be a part of is so that we would have one another to pick us up, to encourage us, to to be there as a support and as a brother and a sister that it's going to help us all as we try to walk up that mountain of faith from the very beginning that we talked about, that we're, go we're there for one another to make that walk just as a little bit easier if we can and a little bit flatter and a little bit smoother that we can bear one another's burdens that we can help one another 
and that we can all strive toward that same ultimate goal. It reminds us that, that being a Christian is it's just not about here believe repent confess and be back tops, right? Sing, pray, give, communion, teach. <laughs> Nailed all ten, Done. right? <laughs> Time to go home. It is not that that is nope. that is not that it's not that those components aren't real and they're not required and or you know, it's it's not that but but they actually they just kind of come with the package. Mm-hmm. Those things, you just come and you just do them once, you know, and then, you, you know, you did it and now uh, you move on. Whereas living the Christian life, that's something you do every second of every day. Boom. Living sacrifice, sir. Thank yeah. you. Yep. Thank exactly. you. Going to Romans. I like where you're going. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I was going. Yes. That's what it's about. And like what you just talked about, Daniel, in community, um, Sometimes it, we feel like, you know, because, you know, people use the, the phrase, Jesus is my own personal Lord and Savior. You know, I hear that and it's like, I will read this Bible. I can I can do this, this God thing, just me and Jesus. If I read it, you know, I can do this thing. I don't need the church. I don't need a group of people. I'll sit here, you know, I kind of do my thing in the house and, and I've got it. The Lord and I have a relationship. Well, the part about church is very communal. Like, that is where you get your strength. And, you know, it's not that the Lord's not going to strengthen you, but a, a mode, a method of strengthening you is using the church to reach out. And how else can you be like arms and feet and hands of the church and of the body if you're not a part of the body and, like, functioning with it, you know? I've got my hands at home. I need to grab a box of Cheerios, you know? It's a problem. <laughs> I just said that because I know Jesse doesn't get to eat Cheerios. That is, that is no, I don't get to eat honey nut Cheerios. Hun- I'm sorry. Yeah. You can eat regular Cheerios are fine. You can eat like Grainos. <laughs> Grainos. That's what I get in my house. Like Grainos. No Trader Joe's. The Jozos. Yeah, so I get those. You get the Jozos that have the little bit of. We honey have before um, on them. Not the honey ones. Just oh, the those, plain ones. those honey ones are something else. Sleeping hell, you rich. <laughs> I, I sprinkle them outside for the birds. Because God says he takes care of them. I need a refill. Man, what happened? We were rolling. Come on. Yeah, no. I, Let's get it going. Where else do you want to go? I don't know. Like, you went to Starbucks? I don't know. What do you want to do? Was there something else in five you wanted to hit? Here's a second. Are we done with five? No, we can't be done yet. He's done. Look at his face. We are not done, dude. So okay, that that's cool. I just like what is there another thought you wanted Did to you look roll? at? You just ready to roll? He wants to leave. He just got here. I really I thought ending it on the community thing and bringing the whole church in was really cool. Well, you did skip that, down here. Well, yeah, but we just but flew. A, we flew over to like okay. the last ten verses in like two seconds. That's all right. There's a ton of good content in those ten Man, verses. We should talk about the power of prayer. Come on, let's get into that. Yeah, okay. we got to talk we about should. stuff. Okay, so I, I know Daniel was just trying to fly through the end of this so that we could finally end the podcast and just be done with James, and we could be done with having to try and share the gospel with the world. <laughs> But, closing but, the book on that. Closing the book. Lord, give me my blessing. <laughs> but we're not quite going to speed through James 5 that yet? fast. Okay, fine. Cuz. Alright. Cuz. Well, I'm just trying to decide where, where to start. Well, you could you could start back in ten, right? And just kind sure of. Sure, you could. In this, this 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 idea of 
perseverance because we were talking about there's conduct rich there's conduct poor here there's conduct in those if you're from jesse's camp you say this is those spiritually oppressed in the church you would just say those financially uh, underwater Brothers and sisters, as an example... <laughs> That's a serious mistake. <laughs> I think that pretty much sums up exactly what Daniel was trying to say. That's totally it. You just nailed it right no. there. Game over, man. Shut it down. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he says... And it is an example of patience in the face of suffering. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. Which makes me think back to Revelation. This is where I feel this tie-in getting stronger. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And it is a good example for us how, you know, a couple of chapters back, the Lord is consistent. The Lord always comes through. The Lord never fails. Never, And I don't want to say never fails us, right? Because mm-hmm. when people say, oh, he's never failed me. Like, it is, we have our own idea about what makes the Lord score on the scoreboard. For and sure. the Lord knows what we need, right? So, oh, he's never failed me. And then when they do fail their perception of what the Lord should do, then they're like, I can't believe that happened, right? So I, I want to be clear, but right. the Lord never fails, right? And and is always there consistently to take care of people. And, and when you read this about Job, you have to see that, his, that he got drugged through it. But he comes out on the end, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's very much an end for all of those. In Revelation, it was... You know, martyrs crying out, the end is um, crown of life in heaven. Um, and, and maybe that is, you know, maybe that will be the real reward, real end through perseverance for a lot of folks and a lot of Christians and mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, those who stick it out. But the last sentence just is so powerful. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And if you haven't read Job lately, you should read Job again. Because Job is an awesome book. Absolutely. It is an awesome book to see. It's just so rich in the imagery of just the struggle that's going on, but Job's just faith. And and I don't know, it's interesting how he's able to you know, be so direct with God in his conversations. You know, he'd say things where I think, oh, is that okay for him to be saying that? You know? like, yeah. And, but he does, and it is okay, you know, because um, that's what, you know, he's, he's the kind of person that that had such a great relationship with God in the first place that God allowed those trials to happen to him at all, you know? And so anyways, that's just a plug for Job, maybe season two, Secret. Um, <laughs> secret, 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 uh, secret podcast. Secretpodcast.com. Secret 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 rate us on iTunes, yes. Five stars. <laughs> anyways. Well, just what, what we've been talking about with... Um, this idea of God is compassionate and merciful. I think the theology of James is consistent throughout, going back all the way back to the beginning of chapter 1, where he says, um, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. God's not going to hold back if we ask. He's going to give to everyone, and he's going to do so 
abundantly, far more than we can even think to ask for. And then in a little bit later, he says that, you know, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Again, the goodness and the mercy and the compassion of God, these good and perfect gifts, always come from above. And the wisdom from, that is from above is um, pure and peaceable and gentle. The goodness and the mercy and the compassion of God is shown in the wisdom that comes from above. So James is very consistent with his theology as far as the character and the nature of God. And so it, he, he's going to he's going to run with that theme throughout all the way to the end when he talks about God being merciful and compassionate at the end of the book. Mm -hmm. The theology is extremely consistent throughout and we get a really clear picture of sort of the nature and the character and the, um, the way that God wants to interact with us, the way that the relationship should work, at least, you know, when it's from God's perspective, the way the relationship is going to work. And then we just have to do our part. We have to uphold our end of the deal. Yeah, for sure. In verse 12, he takes a kind of interesting uh, turn from there. He says, but above all, which sounds kind of like an interesting way to, to put it. But anyways, he says, but above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth, or with any other oath. But your yes be yes, and your no be no, so that you may not fall under judgment. And that's been kind of, a, for me... That's been something that's been a pet peeve of mine for a long time, is when people are, um, it seem to make you want to have to promise, you know, in order to believe you. And it's so easy to fall in that trap. It's like, okay, no, now I'm really being honest because I promised, right? So, and <laughs> so anytime, I can't remember who told me this when I was a, a kid, but they said, well, you're not supposed to swear, you're not supposed to promise, you're not supposed to take any oaths, it, just say it and just be honest and just you know live by your word and that's all you ever need and so many people just casually throw out promises left and right um pinky swear whatever you want to call it i mean like um so anyways it's just but it's interesting why do you think that he says <laughs> they just pinky swore you can't see on the microphones <laughs> that was cute you guys but why do you think he says but above all before he he says that statement Julian, I struggle here because he is he is still trying to get us to understand how to be patient as we're waiting on the Lord, and even to be patient in the face of uh, trials. I don't know what you would be swearing about in in the midst of the trial to to make you say you know, yes, or, you know, swearing by heaven and earth. Well, there's a clear mirror here to the Sermon on the Mount. And it's in that section where Jesus is going through and he's talking about, you have heard it said, this is the old law, but I say to you, that's been completely misinterpreted, and here's what you really need to do. Mm -hmm. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you have heard it was said of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, nor shall you swear by your head. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these 
is from the evil one. And the way that I've always understood that is that commandment that he quotes, you shall not swear falsely, but perform your oaths to the Lord. The way that that was sort of treated was, well, if my oath has all of these contingencies and all of these conditions that I build into it, mm-hmm. and then if one if somebody breaks one of these trivial little conditions, then I don't have to do what I've said I was going to do. I have an out. I have a way to avoid fulfilling any obligation. So I can say all kinds of things that I will sound great and make me look good and make me appear to be this really generous, helpful, wonderful, nice guy. But I build all these conditions into it. I build all these clauses and all these, all these, like little trippy little. Um, things to catch people up so that if one of those little things happens i don't have to do anything that i've said i was going to do so jesus says that's not what we meant when we said do not swear falsely what we meant is do what you say you're going to do follow through be a person of good character who people can rely on and can count on but as far as the above all i'm not entirely sure why that would take precedence in James' thinking in the context of where he's going with the letter. Mm-hmm. Could he... Okay, uh, may, maybe I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying now. I think back. Is he saying, I've told you how to behave. I've told you how to have patience. Don't, don't swear an oath to me that you will do these things. Just do it. Like, I've told you to do all this. Don't yeah. tell me... I promise I'll do it, Lord. Don't tell me that. Just go do it. Maybe that's what he's saying. Just just do it. Above all, just 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 do what I've told you to do. Trust me, do it. He doesn't really say don't swear to me though. You know, he just says don't swear or, generically. Well, it could I mean it could mean either of those yeah. things, I suppose. I mean maybe it's just safer to say that we don't really know exactly okay. the full context oh, of Oh, no, I'm okay to say I'm just let not be, sure. Let but it, it does a, mirror a the Sermon statement. on the Mount. It clearly mirrors what Jesus certain. was teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. I think he's sort of just it. reinforcing that we're under a different system now. Those, the ways that we got, that we came up mm-hmm. with to get around the law, right. to get around establishing our hearts in God's wisdom. Right. Those ways are gone. You don't get to come up with all these exclusions and contingencies and but mm-hmm. if this, you know, conditional things, you don't get to come up with loopholes. Right. You don't get to come up with ways around doing what God said. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Don't swear oaths, be patient, don't grumble, get along together. Mm-hmm. Be a person of good of good character, be a person of a reliable, faithful, dedicated person who's just going to do what they say they're going to do. Right. Don't be double-minded. Right. You know? Well, I think, I mean, it is, yeah, like you said, the Sermon on the Mount, it does make sense that it's, it's in that same vein. And the Jews were, you know, they had a lot of oaths that they, that was part of their culture back in the day. So, I mean, clearly this is to distinguish from kind of their past ways of doing business to their, you know, what the new way of, you know, the new order, so to speak, is for everything. And so, yeah, so, you know, it seems like 
everything with the new the new covenant with Jesus coming and dying just simplified everything down so much. You no longer have like you're saying the loopholes and you know what you're allowed to do, but you can kind of skirt around it this way and that way. You know, now it's even if if you even think it, you've already done it. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, if you have to promise, you know, you that means you're not you don't have integrity because your word's not good enough. You know, it just kind of si- strips everything back down to its like bare minimums. You know, be gentle, love your neighbor. Um, you know, all those you know positive attributes we associate with Christianity. That's what matters. It's not you know exactly trying to figure out how to comply with these rules and these you know these different structured environment that the Old Testament used to have. Thanks for listening to Seeker. Find us at seekerpodcast.com. Check out our website to see our blog. Thank you, Suzanne, for writing us some awesome articles there. Thanks, bye.